The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. Paula Vale here. And today, I am bringing to you Daniel Debon. I am very excited for this show. I have been very anxiously awaiting this show because I know it is going to be so informative. Today's episode is The Truth About Electromagnetic Radiation. And joining me today is Daniel Debon. And Daniel, first off, I would like to say welcome and thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much, Paula. I really appreciate you inviting me. I look forward to sharing some of the thoughts we have about electromagnetic to your audience, listening audience. So thanks again for inviting us. Oh, I love it. Thank you. And and with the show being on the Health and Wellness Channel, I, I just feel this is going to be fantastic. And what I would like, Daniel, let's begin. Can you just share a little bit of your history with us and and what brought you into being concerned about the effects of of EMF radiation? Tell us about that, please. That's a great story. I, I'd love to tell it. Um, I was in the Bell system, and I ran the development testing facilities and wrote and developed the standards for so many of the most advanced technology in the industry. So for years and years and years, I had heavy, heavy background in the very technical details of, of, the, electrical and, of the electrical space. And um, over the years, um, I had broadened my interest, particularly around the electromagnetic radiation space, um, more and more as we, uh, as I got older. And a few years ago, um, my wife was watching my children with their laptops on their laps, and she said, "That can't be good for me. That can't be good because I won't have grandchildren if you keep on doing that." And so I quickly thought about what she said, and I instantly realized there's radiation coming off of that laptop. That radiation can be damaging to their sperm count, their re- low region. So we decided to, I decided to let's go find something to help us protect ourselves. We couldn't find it. So what we ended up doing, what I ended up doing is I actually created a material actually based on some of the Bell Labs work that I had done in the past, and I created a series of shielding materials for my, my boys. It, it turns out that um, after that, um, uh, a year or so, we started being asked by other friends and neighbors, can you, can you give me something to protect ourselves? And, and all of a sudden, I became fully engaged with most recently as a company lead for a company that strictly provides shielding solutions for people in the market. Of, in the market. So it's really quite an interesting, heavy, heavy detail on the technical side. And then out of necessity, because my wife wanted grandchildren, we began building products to solve the problem. So that's how it started. Oh, excellent. And these products... These can be so tremendous for everyone. I mean, this is something with what's out there, the use of laptops, the use of cell phones. That's very exciting. 
Very exciting. Oh, yeah. In fact, Paula, um, you know, when we, we started with the, uh, we, we, the problem I was trying to solve at the time is totally eliminating a electromagnetic radiation being created by an electronic device for the lab. But, you know, even much more important in so many different ways was that people began using cell phones more and more and more. Then it became younger and younger and younger. So it turns out that what we have is a fairly significant exposure to emissions like never before in our lives. And it's at the very, very youngest of ages. And we're learning that this is dangerous. In fact, it can be lethal under certain circumstances. So uh, I agree with you. Um, This space uh, is something that we all need to understand and try to get a better handle and try to find ways of dealing with these things in our normal lives. Yes, yes. So, Daniel, okay, here is the big question for, for all of the listeners out there that really have no idea what electromagnetic radiation is. Please explain that to us. What is it? The Earth itself, believe it or not, generates extremely low frequency emissions. But what's interesting about that, that is literally the only thing in our lives that is not man-made. Everything else that we're exposed to in electromagnetic radiation is being generated by the human creating devices that generates it. So when you use your toaster, electromagnetic radiation is being generated. When you use your hairdryer, electromagnetic radiation is being generated. When you look at the wires overhead that's running next to your house, that's generating electromagnetic radiation. And then, of course... Even worse is we now put all of these cutesy, small, little devices, and we put them in our pockets. We put them in our bras. We put them all around our body. And now we're having these man-made devices generating these emissions, and it's touching our bodies. So it's everywhere. The radio show you are transmitting on is an electromagnetic radiation signal that's going from your towers to the, uh, to the listening audience radio. It's been around for years and years and years. But these days, it's getting really sort of much more problematic because we have it next to our bodies. Yes. Yes. And so tell us, so when it's next to our bodies, what, what is the difference there? It's just more intense or yes. it's stronger? Yeah, Paul, if you, if you think about it, even only 10 years ago, um, we, we had uh, all of these electromagnetic radiation around us. It was being generated by all sorts of different sources. Um, and typically, we wouldn't spend too much time directly close to those devices or those wires, and the intensity would be only from a very long distance away. In contrast, today, we have devices next to our body, and we have it for very, very long durations of time. So what we're doing is we're still being exposed, but the difference is it's right on top of us. And duration and strength of uh, of the signals uh, or what contribute to a worsening situation for us. We're using it more, and it's closer to our bodies. Yes. So would this be, would it be similar, someone who sits and works on a laptop all day compared to someone that's sitting at a desk with a computer screen? Are they fairly similar? Yes, uh, actually. So, yeah, here, here's some uh, interesting rule of thumb. When, 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 when you are uh, close to any electronics and you are touching it, that's the worst space that you can be. There's zero distance to the emission. If you move one foot away, it significantly drops off. By several feet, 
it's getting to be very lower. So if you're sitting in front of your laptop and you're typing away and it's right on top of you, particularly in your lap, you're being exposed for the time you use it, all the time you use it, with high signal levels. Someone who's at a desk, who's working on a computer, uh, they're actually a few feet away, typically, from the, these emissions. So it's much less dangerous to them. And, of course, if you are in the next room and they're in the other room using all these electronics, you're not affected by and large. So the distance from the, the, the device you're using really determines how it will impact your body and its health. Yes, yes. Oh, that's amazing. And I am excited because I know later in the show you're going to share some information on what we can do to protect ourselves on that yes. with this. I'm, I'm very intrigued. So with this radiation, what are the health risks? What comes with that? Yes, okay. So we, there is a myriad of so many conditions. Um, there are the symptoms like fatigue, tiredness, concentra- concentration difficulties, dizziness, heart palpitations. Um, there are links to leukemia, uh, ADHD. There is all sorts of those kinds of links. In addition to that, uh, the, the, the skin may, may get red. There will be rashes. There could be tingling in your hands or your face by these things. And, of course, you have burning sensations that typically are associated with this, too. So there's a whole myriad of kinds of situations that are fairly non-important to extremely important. Why? Because the extreme cases can be where there's actually DNA damage right to the cell itself. There could be mutated cells that occur. And then five years from now, ten years from now, all of a sudden you become ill as a result of exposures to these kinds of emissions. And I would guess people that have some of these symptoms from this exposure most likely have no idea where these symptoms, what caused them. Oh, yes, that's absolutely true. And, in fact, here's some interesting information. Most likely... As many as 10 to 15% of your audience has a direct link to electrohypersensitive syndrome or electric sensitivity. What I mean by that is when they get exposed to these signals or these emissions, they actually can physically feel it. One of the things I, I, I didn't mention is you actually can't smell electromagnetic radiation. You actually can't see electromagnetic radiation, but it's always around you. But some of us actually are finding that we actually can feel it. And that's a part of the constant barrage of these emissions towards our body. Our bodies are beginning to react to that, and it's beginning to, in some ways, shut down a tiny bit, saying, I don't want to be exposed to this anymore. Yes. Amazing. So... There are a lot of studies on this. Oh, Tell yeah. us, we have a few minutes until our break. Tell, give us some of those examples of some of the studies that you know about, Daniel. Yeah. Um, there's been a, a significant myriad of international studies over the last several years, typically, by, by the way, non-industry funded What's one of the most important efforts in this space that has been done is by the world, uh, world experts in this space have uh, put together their view of the electromagnetic radiation. It's called the uh, bio-initiative. Uh, bio and all the world experts got together, and they brought together all of their study work. And what they did was they described what this really was to the world. Dr. Carpenter, Dr. There were so many, so many leaders in this space, and they have confirmed that there is direct links to, in fact, the worst case, which is cancers. So this is nothing that um, we should uh, pass off as non-consequential. 
There's no question. Yes. More and more and more evidence is coming together saying that we actually have challenges in this, and it can be serious. It just, just as an example, um, statistics have suggested recently that if, if you were using a cell phone and I decided not to use a cell phone for some period of time, you would have twice the likelihood of getting brain cancer than I would. Oh and the question God. is, how come, how come no one knows that? Yes. It's like, this is like, this is serious stuff. Do you know yes. that 25% of the male sperm count is killed off after several hours of exposure? It's wow. like, we know these are the facts. And yet, for some reason or another, it's not common knowledge. Yes. So um, there is, my observation, by the way, is I did many studies in the Bell Laboratories when I, when I, on the technical side of industries, and we used to have these very significant statistical activities that we would know, plus or minus 5% confidence levels, that this is definitely the answer. Well, in this space, it's really, really, really hard to get those very large populations and say, hey, what can we, how, many, how many people do we have to get together that die from this to prove statistically that you're going to die? So that's why we, in fact, don't have these common knowledge uh, um, kind of understanding of the problem. This is because we really have not had what some would argue is significant statistical understanding of the issue. I often like to say that if you were, if you wanted to demonstrate the impact to a child, you would have to take 10,000 children, expose them, and 10 years from now see who dies. That's the only yeah. way the general public will understand that mm -hmm. this is very serious stuff, and I can statistically prove it. Yes. So uh, it's just, to me, um, frustrating to some extent, because we know for sure there are more and more direct links to very serious conditions for, uh, for all of us, including the hyperelectrically sensitive, who are now growing more and more um, sick from the exposures they have. We actually have people that we coach um, that it, they're on their last um, um, straw. They, they, they have gone to the physicians. They've, they've explained to the physicians what's going on with their body, and the sufficient, sufficient uh, physicians have uh, no guidance for them, you know. And, and one of the things I actually ask them uh, when they when when we work with them is I ask them, "Are you multiple chemically sensitive?" And you may know, Paula, that's where there's uh, gases in the air, toxic gases in the air. Some yes. people, when they smell it, uh, they, they get ill. Well, it's funny, but 99.99% of any, everyone who's become multiply chemically sensitive are also electrically hypersensitive. So the body essentially is saying, I'm tired of the external toxins. We yes. have to stop those external toxins, and I'm going to rebel until you stop exposing me to them. So sadly, yeah. it's impacting so many people, and, and some very seriously. Oh, and I'm sitting here thinking, as you said, why is this not more well known? Oh my gosh, this this information really does need to be out there. Uh, Daniel, we are going to pop out into a commercial. Um, I'm very excited to get back and hear some more information. So everyone, we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? 
Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's health and wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Paula Vale of For the Love of Reiki has an exciting offer for you. However you may know of Paula, you now have the means of exposing your business through Paula's massive following. Starting at a very conservative $29.99 a month, you can advertise your products and services on Paula's directory. Ask about the priority listing and see what additional perks you can take advantage of. Act immediately to be exposed to millions. To apply, go to lovereikiradio.com and look for the practitioner directory sign-up page. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, I am with Daniel DeBaum. And Daniel is sharing information about electromagnetic radiation. And this is just fantastic information and something we really, really need to talk about. Daniel, I I would love you to just jump back in and share. And I would like you to answer a few things such as, which comes to my mind, let's say what I can do to help with this. Perhaps not have the cell phone up to my ear, have it on speaker. If I'm at home, should I use a landline over my cell phone? Uh, just jump in and, and tell me your thoughts. Yes, um, Paula. The, the, uh, so what I'll do is I'll answer the question you asked from the break first. Right. Why doesn't everyone know about it? And then yes. let's talk a little bit about what actions we can take because we are not, um, we're not victims. There are actions we can take, legitimate actions that will help reduce exposure um, and, 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 the, and the potential downside of our health. So why doesn't everyone know about it? Well, it turns, about, it turns out that all of these electronic devices always existed, but they were distance far away. Now they're right on top of us. So in the last 10 years, we're now beginning to have these devices touching our bodies. That's what's different. However, it's not common knowledge. And why isn't it common knowledge? Well, let's think about that. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll give it to you through an analogy. If, 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 uh, if you smoked uh, 30 years ago, I, I did. I smoked, and I remember thinking I felt like a big man. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I, I was grown up. And at that time, there was no way it was common knowledge that there was a link to cancer. So I didn't know I was doing anything wrong. I didn't realize I was destroying my health because all the advertising, all of the information that I was, had available to me said I was fine. Well, then, then over time, it became more and more serious where people began dying, and it began, began becoming more and more evident, and more and more it was linked during that time, the cigarette industry knew of the links, yet we as consumers had no idea of that link. What changed? What changed was they were brought to court. They were brought, brought to court, and they started having to pay huge, huge settlements and then being forced to identify their product as hazards to health. So what's going on? in the electromagnetic radiation is a very similar model. It's been around for a while. All of a sudden, it's getting really closer to us. Science is understanding there's more and more direct links, but they haven't lost in court yet for it to be common knowledge. 
So the parallel, I think, is one of those things what suggests that industries can be pretty influential in the marketplace, and they can, at the very least, um, um, show some level of um, innocence in what they do. Uh, and, in fact, uh, sort of what's interesting to note is uh, there are certain industry leaders that go into the marketplace and talk about the problems not being there. In contrast, every individual study that's occurred outside of the industry-funded shows it as a serious danger to health. So it's a dichotomy that is occurring just as if it was in the cigarette business years ago. Wow. So it's, it's sort of um, pretty um, disappointing that we all don't know about it. And yes. certainly, as a result of it, Paula, people, particularly younger children, that are now being exposed more and more, will have a problem and, if not, die from these exposures. As I mentioned, you're twice as likely to die of a brain tumor than I am if you use a cell phone. And so, Daniel. Um, yes. Go on the on the mode, you know, on the discussion of children, what comes to my mind as a grandmother, I have grandchildren, I see all these young children, and I mean, at two years old, they have a little toy yeah. laptop, and then, you know, they get phones at five, seven years old. Right. Yeah, as I was mentioning, so here's, a, here's an interesting point, Paula. Um, the standard for a cell phone was created over 30 years ago. They had a model um, um, that was used to establish the standard. That model was a six-foot male that occasionally used the cell phone. What they did when they created that, they said, if a man uses this occasionally, the emission from the cell phone will go into the head of that man by one inch. It will heat up that area around the cell phone by two degrees. That's the standard. And I'm going to take a side note just for a second because I'm going to explain to you what the heating up part is about. The heat, if you go to your microwave oven, if you use them, I don't, but if you use them, you put a piece of meat into a microwave oven, you turn the microwave oven on, it heats up the meat. It's actually heating up the water between the cells. The cells begin oscillating very quickly, and it gets hot and cooks. That's what happens with the microwave oven. Well, guess what? It's the same frequency range uh, in a cell phone that there is in a microwave, except it's a uh, lower energy signal. It's the identical frequency. So when I said two degrees, you think of it as the meat in your microwave oven. That's exactly what it is. What's sad about that, by the way, is they never considered the biological impacts. So if you used your cell phone for three years and then didn't use it, are you now okay? If you understand biology and cell impacts, you know that's not true. There's damage that occurs that ultimately can mutate to far, far more serious problems with the health as a result of it. So there's the biological impact. Why did I tell you this story? Well, it's, it's simple. When you ask a question about a child, that same standard signal of, in a six-year-old child goes completely through their head, completely oh. through it. That means it's heating up completely through the child's head by two degrees. It also suggests we really don't know what happens, the biological impact of that. Now, think of that. You're a six-year-old, you're a six-year-old grandchild using that, and that's the exposure they got. So yes. for me, uh, I'm particularly um, concerned with children. And, and something we haven't talked about yet is uh, there are, there's, you walk into a room, you have various data points that are exposure points. You have your refrigerator that's running. You have your cell phone on. You have your wireless telephone that's, uh, that's transmitting. You maybe have a Wi-Fi. So you walk into that room, there are many sources of electromagnetic radiation. But then if you look at a school that just required all the students to have a laptop in their desk, then let's say there are 50 laptops. Yes. Each laptop has the potential of generating four individual emissions, 
Four times 50 is 200. And I'm not talking about anything around them of the other emissions from other things other than the laptop. Those kinds of environments are even more disconcerting because we're willy-nilly bringing these into the space of the schools with children at a very, very young age and having little understanding of the life impact it has to those children. So for me, children are much more susceptible to signals. We know that. We know it absorbs much easier. And as I described it uh, with the signal going through the head, obviously the, the, the head is so immature in, t- in its growth that yes. it can't uh, re- reduce the emissions into the body as an adult can. So those are very, very serious with children. Oh, absolutely. And you're right, that's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually, you know, I, the, I use an analogy for that. Uh, if, if, if I have a bee in the room, and I'll equate that bee to an, an RF transmitter or electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation transmitter, I'm not too worried about that because um, it's probably not going to kill me. But if I have a thousand transmitters, or in this case, a thousand bees, all those bees can hurt me. And that analogy demonstrates the more you have exposure to more concentration of these emissions, the more likely it is that you're going to have impacts to the, 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 the humans that are within that environment. And now these are children. Yes. Yes. Who are still developing. Yeah. So what can we do? What can we do about this as individuals, Daniel, to help with this and help our children and help ourselves? Very simple rules, actually. Remember we talked about um, time and distance. They are your friends. Reducing time of exposure and keeping distance is your best friend. I'll give you the example you, you chose before, which was a cell phone. If you use a cell phone to your head, there's 100% of the critical danger to your head as a result of you touching your head without emission. If you take that one foot away, just one foot, 80% of that imminent danger is gone. If you are four foot away, 98% of that danger is gone. So if you want to use a cell phone and you don't mind it in speaker mode, there is no danger. So to the point you were making before, how can you help yourself? Well, keep it away. Keep it distance. Anytime you're using it, use it quickly. Finish your business. Put it down away from you. Keep it four or more foot away, and you're safe. If you need to use it um, quickly and you don't want anyone else to hear, put it to your head. Spend a few minutes making the call. Take it away, and the time is reduced where it's less likely to actually impact your head, um, the cells of your head. And so if you use that sort of standard rule, anytime you're near any device, like the toaster I mentioned to you, you put a toaster in, that generates a lot of emissions. All you need to do is, all you got to do is stay several feet away. And actually, it will not bother you. If you're right on top of it, you're now being exposed. So time and distance are your best friends. Keep it small, short, keep it um, um, uh, a distance away, and you're safe. Now, if you'd like, and in the case of a cell phone, if you want to use a uh, phone jack with earpiece, that's better than if you were to have it to your head. And in some cases, uh, you actually can find acoustical links or tubes that are headphones that don't carry any emission to your head. So in the case of cell phones, there are a lot of things you can choose to do to help you stay protected and safe uh, from that. Oh, Um, fantastic. And is there a difference if you have your cell phone on or off? I mean, are you getting emissions just by, let's say, I have my cell phone on in my purse? Oh, Great question. Um, Yes, it's being transmitted. There's no question. But another good safety rule 
is when you have a lap a cell phone in your pocketbook, you need to decide if you need your Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on. Because to make a call, you don't need that. And if you think about it, there are actually three transmitters coming out of your cell phone, not one, not the link to the cell tower, but you have three for the cell tower, the Wi-Fi, and the Bluetooth. So I always coach, if you don't need them, turn them off. You reduce the exposure, the multiple numbers of bees in the room, by a third by simply turning those two off. Wow. Thank you, Daniel. Wow. And so what? why should someone not put their cell phone in their bra? Is that... Uh, is that Touch well, on that. Uh, Paul, you, 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 <laughs> you likely know that these days that has become a topic. Um, uh, of, that is becoming almost a common knowledge topic, which I'm, I'm so sad to hear women being exposed. But on the other hand, people are now beginning to understand that there are serious, serious things. For example, um, I think it was in 2013, uh, University of, of California, uh, brought, brought a study together where they actually monitored many, many students and those who put um, uh, cell phones in their bra and those who didn't. And the astonishing facts were that um, there was mutated cells, uh, cellular changes, and uh, modified conditions of those cells as a direct result of that cell phone in the areas uh, that they had placed the cell phone. So um, there were tumors found. There were, uh, uh, which is often the case, by the way, uh, a, 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 a sequential effect of a mutated cell that's been generated by uh, uh, or created by electromagnetic radiation. It mutates to a non or benign uh, tumor, believe it or not. Um, so um, there was really, really a lots and lots of evidence more and more that's saying putting a cell phone directly to the head, and you heard me say this, it was zero distance to the body, that's the worst condition for exposure. And we know now um, through uh, many recent studies, and particularly the one from uh, University of California, that these are clear and evident results of putting your uh, cell phone next to your breast. Yes. Yes, amazing, amazing. And I I would like to uh, have you share, I, you sell products that can help us with this. Will you, will you give the listeners a little bit of your information and contact information where they can learn and maybe share what your products, how they can help us with this, Daniel? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Remember, I, I mentioned earlier on that we're not victims. Right. And we can take actions. Um, we haven't spoke much together yet about the real actions you can take completely. Uh, but some of them, there are some potential ways of working some of this, these problems. Um, if you look in the cell phone space, for example, there are some companies that offer a way of reducing the emission from a cell phone by improving the way the cell phone connects to the cell tower. So there are some ways of reducing it in the marketplace to help you reduce the exposure levels so you're safe, or safer, not safe, but safer. Mm-hmm. What we do is a very different uh, approach. We actually uh, create a uh, barrier between the transmitting part of the technology and the body. And, and uh, we create a solution in which when it's the worst exposure, you have the best solution. That's, it's a total wall. It can't get through the wall. And that's our general approach to the problem because we know we can't eliminate in public the router that's transmitting into the room. But we, all, but we do know it's not as harmful as the emission that's coming 
from our cell phone and touching our body. So we have products that shield the cell phones, the laptops, and tablets, the stuff that we all put close together to our bodies. And so our products are, um, are different in a sense that we're not trying to adjust the levels of exposure. We're trying to, we are eliminating the exposures as it relates to touching your body. So do these wonder, products basically block that radiation from coming yes. through? Yeah, actually, that was sort of the challenge we had, Paula. Um, if you look at the uh, – we haven't talked too much about the, the technical details of electromagnetic radiation, but think of it this way. If you were to go to a dentist and you have a tooth that hurts, they're going to come and they're going to take a picture of that with this – this machine, before they take that picture, they take this big, heavy lead thing and they put it on your front. Yes. And they say, okay, we can take the picture now. Well, what's actually going on there? The picture's being made, taken with an X-ray. X-rays are electromagnetic radiation, but it's a higher spectrum electromagnetic radiation. And what they're doing when they put the lead on you is they're preventing any of that electromagnetic radiation from passing through your body. That's what they're actually doing. So yes. what we do is exactly the same thing. Excellent. Excellent. Which, which just is huge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's actually a very simple concept. Um, Although, when we did the design work for our, our product lines, we, to ultimately eliminate an exposure, you need to make sure you can handle a variety of frequencies. Yeah, before I, before I describe that, maybe I'll explain to you what, uh, what, what these emissions look like so you have a mental idea, and then I can explain to you how we eliminate them. Great. If you look at a wave that's uh, on the sea and it's a very high wave and it's really big and it's really long, um, that tends to be a lower frequency wave. If you have a wave that are really small but really, really fast and a lot passing you in a very short period of time, that's really, really fast. That is... Anal analogous to an X-ray, that really, really fast wave that's coming through. And then if you look at um, the one that's really, really low, that's like a radio wave. That's like the microwave. It's much lower in speed and strength, uh, but nevertheless as harmful as uh, an X-ray or a a an X-ray uh, radiation. Uh, so when when uh, with an electromagnetic radiation in a um, that's coming from the dentist uh, uh, camera, they are what are called omnidirectional signals. That is, it goes in every direction. So that's why when they take the shot, the 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 the, the girl runs around the back and hides is because it's filling the room. Um, so you want to make sure that. If you have a electromagnetic radiation, they are all omnidirectional in every direction, and they're moving in waves like we described before. So when you actually go to um, build a wall to stop that, the wave sizes are different. The way in which you shield it is different. And so what we actually did was we created multiple layers of materials that actually shields all of those various and different signal levels in a way that by the time it gets to the other end, it's not passing through at all. Yet, it still allows you to use a cell phone because we didn't stop it in the outward direction, only towards the body direction. Oh. And, um, you know, we have a variety of products. Uh, you know, these kinds of things uh, we uh, is on our website, of course, and on Amazon and those kinds of things, uh, and it's called Defender Shield. Uh, products and it's on defendershield.com. But um, but for me, um, I think it's more important to share and answer questions about this space for 
for people uh, in your audience to try to bring more knowledge and better have choices on how they deal with these environments that your listeners are in these days. You're right. And that will give the audience a chance to take control and make a difference. Yes. Yeah. One of the things that happens, uh, you know, we were talking about electro uh, electromagnetic hypersensitivity before uh, a lot of we have a lot of customers that call about those very things and, I, and I'll go through a little bit of uh, um, you know what happens when we get that phone call um, I may have someone say on oh, I use my laptop my fingers hurt or I'm in front of my laptop and I'm getting these headaches or I get dizzy a little bit when I'm using it. Uh, what can I do? So when those kinds of situations come up, I talk about the simple rules. You have to move farther away and reduce time. So I talk about how you take your laptop and you move it away from you by a foot or more. And then you use a keyboard an auxiliary keyboard from your laptop, and you use that instead of the keyboard on the laptop. I suggest you get a screen, a large screen, and you push it farther away. Simply by taking simple actions like that actually helps the electrically sensitive um, uh, actually deal with the exposures uh, in a more tolerable way. Sometimes uh, we also have uh, customers who call about um, they actually can feel their head heat up. For me, I, I, I don't, but, but as I mentioned, we have quite a few of our customers, they can actually feel it. So it gets very uncomfortable for them when they have this heating up. And so we talk about ways of dealing with it, which we went through before. You simply can use it in speaker mode. You can use a, um, a headset. There's lots of different things you can do that. Or you can actually shield it. What we do is, we prevent the signal from passing through. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways of doing those kinds of things. Oh, fantastic. And Daniel, is there anything that we can do from, okay, from day one, we can start doing some of these suggestions that you've made. We can buy the shield, which I just am very excited about um, all that. But what we've, created up until now from what we have done with our electronics and pulled that in. Is there anything as far as like a a detox or anything we can do for ourselves to help balance that damage? Uh, Well, that is, as you may know, uh, it it is a steep debate. Um, Let me give you a a little bit of a cell impact. Um, and describe essentially what happens in time with an exposure. And then um, then we can talk a little bit about are there detoxing activities that may be helpful. So when, you're, when, when you have an exposure uh, to uh, an emission like that, we'll again use a cell phone, what happens to the cell is it says, boy, I, you know, I don't like what you're doing to me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop working. I'll, I won't allow you to penetrate me as best I can, and I won't share the protein between my cell and my adjacent cell. I will have a weaker membrane, and when you pull that away, my hope is I restore back to where I need to be. Yes. yes. So if you think of it in that way. If it's a constant exposure, the, the elect, electric hypersensitive person is actually not responding as well as they did when they were younger to that exposure. And so the question becomes, um, of can, you, um, can you reverse that impact of exposure in time? Yes, and yes. what 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 uh, the best advice I have had or have is stay away from it. Stay 
That, uh, that is the simple answer. I okay. would love to say you can take a detoxing agent that can help fortify the cells and bring them back to full health. But as you know, the body tends to do that anyway, but mm-hmm. oftentimes at a slower rate because it almost seems like the electrically sensitive, um, they, they, they deteriorate and remain deteriorated. But most of us don't. If, if you keep that distance and, and you watch your use, you'll actually likely feel improvement. Now, there are some science experts these days thinking that they can bring health back by taking uh, active actions to modify the cell behavior to improve the health of that behavior. But honestly, I haven't seen anything yet that I'm comfortable with. Yes. So in general, I I, I don't have what I would hope to find, which is a detoxing solution for the barrage cell. I just, we, we just, I don't, the industry does not have one. Okay. Thank you. So uh, we are, I'm afraid, have come down to the end of the show, Daniel. I, I could go another hour. This has been so fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. I am so grateful. And everyone, check out the show description and contact Daniel or check out his website if you'd like any more information. Daniel, any any last words you'd very quickly like to say to the audience before we go? Uh, yes, uh, I'll say it one more time. I, I began this journey um, finding that there was an industry out there that knew a lot more about the exposures than I did. Uh, and what I realized was that um, it was more than um, that I thought and I was more in danger than I thought. My reaction to that is I, I can take actions to, to re, uh, try to deal with the environment I find myself in. My environment has toxins. My environment has external things that influence my body and cells, and I need to take actions to try to minimize that. And so my simple coaching is, is try to take actions to reduce exposure. Uh, and take actions to particularly protect your children under these circumstances because we know it exposes them to ADHD and a myriad of other issues and concerns, including leukemia. So be careful and cautious to protect our children. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you so much. And a big thank you to our listeners out there. Love, hugs, and blessings to you and to you, Daniel. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Paul. You're so welcome. Thank you again for tuning in to For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.